When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, let's start here. The president does support gain-of-function research. Yeah, this is a neat trick, isn't it? What? Yeah, so the Department of Energy thinks that the coronavirus probably came out of that lab in Wuhan where they were juicing up viruses. This has been known as gain-of-function research. And the sleight of hand that's been going on here, uh, the line from Fauci and others is that, well, we're not actually funding any gain-of-research or gain-of-function research here or really in China, certainly not at that lab in Wuhan. Now, how they did this was, well, they changed the definition of gain-of-function research what they do to get this research going again a few years ago because, remember, it was initially suspended pending a review under the Obama administration. Yes. And then, well, they all, all the people with, I don't know, maybe some uh, financial incentives attached got together and they came up with a new term for gain of function research which is now this this is done correct me if i'm wrong but this is done to create a virus that doesn't currently exist to to come up with a remedy for it correct right that's okay that's, what they that's the idea behind it that's correct? the idea behind it to try to get ahead of any natural mutations right. exactly and things like that and so the way that they've changed the definition as we've gone over before but just as a refresher is that Generally speaking, it was kind of considered if you are purposefully going out of your way to create a new version of a virus, then that would technically be considered gain of function. Well, the new definition says if you don't know what the end result will be, then it's not gain of function research. (laughs) So mess with it. As long as you don't know for sure what you're going to do with it, then you're not actually gaining function here isn't that the idea behind gain of function is to find out (laughs) well yes of course it is is, if you already knew the outcome why would you have to do it you wouldn't (laughs) right so they just made it a more narrow definition so then they could say well no it's not gain of function research this is just evolutionary research that's what we're doing but if we had an honest media they would have told all the american people this a long time ago but they didn't now, and that brings us to something yesterday, or something that happened yesterday, that I, I found a little shocking here. The White House just threw all of that out. Spokesman John Kirby, because they didn't go with the usual spokeswoman, Karine Jean-Pierre, because she's not equipped to handle these types of questions after being dropped down a well several times as a child, obviously. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. She's no good at her job. No, she's not good. So they bring in John Kirby, who can at least yep. try to spin a good yarn here. Uh, he was asked if the president thinks the benefits of gain-of-function research. 
outweigh the risks. Here we go. I got a history degree. You're going to have to say that again. Does the president believe that this type of gain of function research is prudent? He believes that. Um, Come on, Weasel. Let's go. It's important to help prevent future pandemics, which means he understands that there has to be legitimate scientific research into the sources or potential sources of pandemics so that we understand it so that we can prevent them and we can prevent them from happening, obviously. But it was gain of function that started the last one. Yeah, exactly. You know, something that hasn't been brought up a whole lot, because I think, you know, in a, uh, I guess in a vacuum uh, or in the theoretical space, you can understand how that type of research may be able to get ahead of something and develop treatments for it or or something. That's what we hear all the time, and I guess that kind of makes sense. But rarely do you hear anyone going out there and saying, here are outbreaks that we prevented because of this. And you would think you would shout that from the rooftops. You would think, yeah. It's like, well, by the way, did you ever hear about the uh, the uh, uh, Nigerian MERS outbreak? Of course you didn't, because we were doing gain-of-function research. Right. Here's the benefits, but they don't tell you that. Yeah. And then, you know, not knowing a whole lot about it, just following news and reading stories, and I don't know, knowing the history of humans, <laughs> sometimes you wonder, are they creating their own business and getting, you know, millions and billions of dollars for something to, as you would say, Scott, <laughs> sort of, you know, define their existence. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Like People, you need us on this. Right. And they have to create chaos in order for that to work. But, you know, you know before we go down that rabbit trail, we'll get to the rest of what Kirby had to say. Get back to the weasel. Go ahead. Um, but he also believes, and, and, and this is why he wants the, the whole of government effort here to understand it. Um, that that research has to be done, must be done, in a safe. He wants everyone to understand it. He's never said it. Just had the State of the Union. I don't remember him talking about it. Give me a break, man. In a safe and secure manner, as and as transparent as possible, for the rest <laughs> of the world, so that so people know what's going on. I think that's a fancy way of saying yes. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Wow, so man. knowing how we funded it. You know, they're like, beakers. they're like beakers in Wuhan with little labels on them. End of civilization virus. <laughs> I mean, Dude. I don't know. What did he just admitted? This is the stuff we do. Yes. I would rather evil stuff like that just be kept in the dark. I don't want to know about it. <laughs> I really don't. I, I think pre-COVID, I would have agreed with you. But now it's yeah. like, okay, well, are our tax dollars going towards... Something that slipped the leash out of this lab in Wuhan yeah. and upended the global economy and took countless lives. I mean, that's a big freaking deal. And, okay, in my mind, we already know that's what happened. Right. And I know there are, you know, junk pieces out there from the Atlantic and other whack jobs like that saying, well, this isn't proof just because <laughs> Department of Energy says it believes it's very thin, <clears throat> low confidence. Yeah. They- Look at every piece of research from around the world. It's not hard to figure out. Well, the, the other thing is they love talking about the low confidence side of this, which is yes. basically, yeah, we know, but we can't say we know for sure because we don't have the smoking gun piece of evidence. 
But whenever they point to other intelligence agencies in the United States that say it was natural transmission, that's also a low confidence finding. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, nobody's quite sure. You're really just kind of leaning one way or the other. And it seems like more and more you're hearing people say, yeah, it probably did come out of that lab. Okay. To me, the biggest, I don't want to say that, one of the biggest crimes of all was our corrupt media and what they did with the story because they shut down anyone that was trying to say, hey, it's it's at least possible it came out of that lab. I mean, you can't trust the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, that's what our media should be doing, keeping an open mind. Well, there's a lot of possibilities. They're talking about a pangolin and a wet market and all this stuff. Are, are we sure it's that? And if you remember, I think Matt Taibbi put this on his substack. It's a whole montage of our media talking about how the lab leak was a conspiracy. Conspiracy that coronavirus was man-made in a lab in Wuhan, China. There is no reason to believe any of these conspiracy theories that it was leaked from the lab. Like it was a conspiracy of some kind. Fringe theory that the virus came from a lab in Wuhan, China. A conspiracy theory about COVID coming from a lab in Wuhan. Flurry of conspiracy theories. The idea that this escaped from a lab is pure baloney. Complete baloney. Conspiracy theories that it somehow escaped the lab that was in Wuhan. And I know I'm not the only one to say it. Really, you owe everyone an apology. Mm-hmm. You really do. Was, because as you pointed out, and other people have, David, you took Chinese talking points mm-hmm. from the Communist Party and you regurgitated it. It's disgusting. Yeah. But I have a question. Yeah. Can I go back to eating pangolins now? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, was that Jim Cramer, the very last clip that we heard there? I only heard the audio. I didn't see who it was, to be honest. I heard the audio. I'm like, man, I'm grabbing that. Which let's see. Conspiracy theories that it somehow escaped the lab that was in Wuhan. I think that's him. Yeah, that does sound like him. Okay, listen. I on the on the plus side, the reverse Jim Cramer theory proves true yet again. Whatever that guy says, the opposite is true. That's true. You know, on Reddit, there are some guys with too much money and just do things for the lulls. They literally make stock trades based off of the opposite of what Jim Cramer <laughs> recommends. And most of the time, they come out ahead. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I wow. didn't know that. Yeah. Gosh dang it. I'm going to follow those guys. All right. All right. More on that a little bit later. Meanwhile, big day today. Supreme Court hearing all about student loans. Who should pay? Yeah. Let's I, forgive that debt. I saw them. Biden hold, wants to forgive it. Holding the signs and doing the chants out in front of the Supreme Court. Yes. Okay. Chance of what? Hey, hey, ho, ho. Our loans have got to go. <laughs> yeah. Did you just make that up? I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're saying that the American taxpayer needs to pay off loans that they took out willingly. Okay. Um, so the Supreme Court is hearing this case about the student loan bailout today, whether or not the federal government or the executive branch actually has the authority to just cancel student loan debt or a portion of it. Uh, there's protest outside. They're trying to pressure the court to green light the bailout. And, uh, well, they're, it, the brain trust is on hand for this one. Uh, Democrat representative Sheila Jackson Lee, <laughs> the barely literate representative out of Texas, uh, says, hey, we need to do it because of Ukraine. What? Okay, this ought to be fun. I refuse to accept that this great nation who stands alongside of the Ukrainian people okay. fighting for democracy around the world yeah. so that the children of Ukraine stolen by Russians can come back to their nation okay. and stand equal under the sun. 
then I refuse to accept that each and every one of you who are here, families who cannot come to this place today, mothers and fathers who are getting up with a heavy load on their back, taking children to school, trying to make ends meet okay. because they went and accepted the challenge of an American dream and now are under the burden of usurious rates that are slapping them to the ground. I don't want to be slapped anymore. Right. Hold on a second. No, no, I'm sorry. That's that was that was progressively louder as she spoke. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. And now are under the burden of usurious rates that are slapping them. Burden of what? Rates. Usurious rates. Yeah. Usurious rates that are slapping them. Well, talk to all of your favorite universities and tell them to give the money yeah. back. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, I, I think what she was trying to say is that we have spent a lot of money in Ukraine, and therefore we should spend money here at home. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. Although you're called a Putin apologist if you say that. Um, but yeah, I, I agree well, with you. If, if you'd get a lot more people on board with canceling student loan debt if there was at least some accountability on the part of these bloated university systems that are taking advantage of young people. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Dude, the guy that went to trade school that's been busting his butt, he needs to pay for your education and your what studies, David? Uh, let's see. What was it this time? Uh, Trans-Yugoslavian basket weavers? Yeah. Yeah. No! It's, a niche. it's not it's, that it's... person's job to pay for their <laughs> crap education. It's a niche market. Get yeah. lost. And what does Ukraine have to do with anything? I think she was saying, though... You, because Janet you, Yellen you just give gave money to billions the Ukraine to Ukraine, and you give it to the students. And we have a check for one point two million. And today, I'm proud to announce yeah. the transfer of an additional amount of over one point two billion dollars. An additional amount. That's the first tranche of about ten billion dollars in direct budget support. That direct budget support. We're not talking about weapons. Ten billion dollars. I wanted Jerry Lewis to come out. Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> And we just, just the taxpayers yeah. pay for it all. Yes. What is going on, yeah. man? The answer is no. And Biden, Black History Month, saying, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. What's the context of that? Great. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Did you guys hear the clip of the president at this Black History Month event? Actually, I did. It was very, uh, very Joe Biden esque. Yeah, he said we're you know hosting a screening of the movie Till mm -hmm. because it's important to say from the White House for the entire country to hear history matters. Right. Okay. And black history matters. So we can't just choose to learn what we want to know. We learn what we should know to learn everything, the good, the bad, the truth yeah. of who we are as a nation. That's what great nations do, and we're a great nation. Haven't we been doing that? Well, if Florida hasn't, you know that. They've erased all that. <laughs> yeah. No, they did. Of course they didn't, but that's what he's getting at. Golly. And then 
he referenced a group of African-American sororities called the Divine Nine. And this is when he said, you know, here he's saying, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Hmm. He is a white boy. Half right. (laughs) I I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. (laughs) I know where the power is. I know where the power is. You think I'm joking. I learned a long time ago about the divine nine. Yeah. I don't quite understand what it means. But when that came out, people are, you know, then online saying, man, can this guy just stay away from it? Well, it's, yeah, it's pandering at, at the highest level. There's no doubt about that. But then also about what he has said in the past, that got brought back up. Mm-hmm. Because and then, you know, people were sharing the clips of when he talked about, you know, you know, black kids, brown kids. Just as smart as white kids, yeah. goof that up. And the other thing we should do is we should challenge these students. We should challenge students in these schools to have advanced placement programs in these schools. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Uh-oh. The funniest thing to me about that clip now, yeah. right? Is this part. Schools that have advanced placement programs. Nope, that's racist. Yeah, right. I was just going to say, no, they, they don't. Gifted and talented programs are a tool of white supremacy, is what we're told. Yes. So uh, apparently Joe's learned a lot in just a couple of years. Mm. You know? And then, of course, I can't help but think, it's like the black parents. They want to do the right things. They just can't. Well, they don't know what to do. They that's, don't know yeah, what to do. We bring social workers into homes and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't want. They don't know quite what to do. So if we would just hire more social workers, yeah. then it would finally end inner-city poverty. Mm-hmm. It's good hearts. They just don't know what to do. <laughs> but I'm not racist. <laughs> okay. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> Okay, who's got a record player around? Anybody? Make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. You people, you like to mix and scratch, like right? You invented that, you people, right? You're you're good at it. Just play the records at night. Kids will learn words. See, that's English, and that's part of education, and that's the key. I'm Joe Biden. That guy won. It he always, did. It always he, makes me laugh, too, when he says, make sure kids hear words. Just because, words. In, uh, I guess, in his mind, like, what, black parents are just grunting at their children? <laughs> what is that? I, I don't even know. I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he knew. He just said it. My goodness, They don't man. quite know what to do. <laughs> they, God bless them. Yeah. It's not ill intent. Shapers. Okay. Oh, we got to get to the fentanyl shipment. Enough to kill 50 million people? Oh, God. Seized in California? That and much more coming up right here. Camp Scott Robbins. Okay. Tell me if I'm wrong here. The number one killer of Americans between the ages of 18 and 45 is what? Opioids. 
Right. I was going to say depression, but... Been fentanyl. God. As far as I can tell. The number one. Yes. Holy smokes, man. That is accurate, isn't it, David? That's what not, the the information out a yeah. couple of months ago. It's opioids, not fentanyl directly. Yeah, not not specifically fentanyl, but opioids in general. Yes, fentanyl is okay. a big part of that, but it's not the only game you in know, town. Fentanyl is one of those drugs you can't dabble with. No, you know, I mean, like you can dabble with weed and coke, and even to a certain extent, heroin may not kill you immediately. Are you talking about past experience here? No, I'm not. I, well, I've, I, I'm the only one on the show that's actually been administered fentanyl to, yes. Yeah. But it was a controlled environment. But it was just, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, fentanyl. You have can, no memory of it. You, were, <laughs> you well, were in a coma. I know, I know. But I'm sure it was great. Whatever. But yeah, I've heard you yep. use that line around people. I kicked fentanyl. I did it. Well, I did. <laughs> well, you were in a coma. Well, they wean you off of it. But you weren't conscious. Do you get credit for that? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's your oh. truth, man. I'm not going to get in the way of it. Yeah. I'm Scott Robbins, former fentanyl user. <laughs> Let me talk to you about the dangers of fentanyl. Don't do it. Well, the scariest thing out there right now to me is for the people that think, you know what, I'm just going to go get a hit of Xanax, but it's laced with fentanyl, yes. and you're dead. You're dead. And that's actually happening more and more. We know it. It comes right up through the southern border. The reason I ask and make sure this is still the number one killer is because of this story of the massive fentanyl shipment, enough to kill 50 million people, was seized in California. And I'm just going to keep banging this drum. If we had an honest media, how is that not a huge story when it's that big a problem in the United States? That will just ignore that. And, and why, why would they ignore it? Oh, well, I'll tell you why they would ignore it. Because it's mostly affecting people in circles they don't run in. It's Correct. I mean, really, you're talking about um, generally either middle or lower income people who are getting hooked on painkillers and whatnot and chasing highs, and they're the ones dying from it. Or teenagers who think they're, like you said, are just going to get you know, some Xanax or something, and then they die from it. But it doesn't affect them in their in in their lifestyle. So it's not really that big of a deal to them. Not only that, it highlights the massive problem we have at the border that's never gone away. Yeah. And they just won't talk about it. But man, oh man, San Diego agents and local partners arrested three and seized 232 pounds of fentanyl worth over $3 million. Jeez. It, and the thing is, you know, highlight it today because I saw the story. This happens a lot. I mean, for the amount of fentanyl yeah. that's actually out on the streets, there's a lot that they actually seize. Holy smokes, man. And this, this isn't going anywhere anytime soon unless we do something about the border. So who was it that uh, was saying it was, it was one of the Republicans? This is not a drug problem. This is not a war on drug problem. This is a poisoning problem. Yeah. And the Mexican government isn't doing a whole lot about it. And this stuff comes from China. But, yeah, no worries. No need to cover that. There's a war in Ukraine right now. Yeah. Well, I'm sure all Mexico needs is more money. <laughs> that would stop the flow. People wouldn't have to do it so much because they'd have jobs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's always something. Well, it's it? always throwing money at something. Yes. Yeah, always. Of course. All right. It's time uh, to do what we do every day at this time. We'll go around the table. 
You're looking at stories all over the place. It might not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? It, it, it has to do with this COVID lab leak thing. Okay. Uh, so I, what I don't understand here is why there are people who are so, I guess, almost religiously holding on to the idea that it came out of nature. Like, it's not even open-mindedness, right? It's not even saying, oh, well, okay, well, now you have more intelligence agencies and more people within the intelligence community saying it probably came out of of that lab. I I just, I don't understand why you would be married to this idea that it was nature and anything else is a personal threat to you. It doesn't make any sense. I can understand why somebody is adamant saying, no, I can't wait to be proven right that it came out of that lab for a couple of different reasons. One, because everybody from the media to the current president gaslit you and tried to tell you that that was just a debunked conspiracy theory, even though it wasn't debunked in any sense of the word. Now, the other thing that's really interesting to me is now you have people either in late night comedy or media saying, well, it was the Department of Energy. Right. Stephen Colbert last night, for example, said, stay in your lane. Okay, I'm going to wait until I see what the Census Bureau says. There was a guy filling in on The Daily Show uh, who said, I'm holding out until the DMV chimes in. And really what they're doing is making jokes about how ignorant they are of how the federal government functions, because the energy department isn't like your utility regulator. The energy department, actually, the number one thing that they do is keep track of America's nuclear stockpile. And they have a ton of money invested in, well, the national labs. They have a ton of money Mm -hmm. in research that you might not think goes into the energy category, and yet it does. But thus is the nature of federal bureaucracy. So, I mean, they're taking lead on the Human Genome Project. I mean, th- there's a lot of things that the Department of Energy does, and these guys are, are now suddenly saying, oh, well, they don't really matter. It, it, it just, it's bewildering to me. I would guess, man, I mean, if you really want to try to answer that question, you know, I suppose it's an individual thing, but the psychology of it, I don't know. It's almost like... It, for people that had to admit at some point, and I think there are some that still hold out, that invading Iraq was really dumb. That was bad. And that was based on false intelligence. Yeah. You lived it, didn't you, Scott? Yeah. You were doing talk radio at that time? Yep. How long was it before you're like, you know what, this was a bad idea? Oh, not not long. I mean, particularly when there was no end game. But it wasn't until the late aughts, right? It, and it was that because you weren't sure, right? Was that whole squishy? We're not going to fight them. We're just going to send some advisors in. Remember that? Yes. And that became uh, a few boots on the ground here and there. Then it became a full fledged war, right? Yeah, it's one of those things. But you you dig in so much on a particular topic, and you're fighting the other side on you know what the truth really is. To me. You know, you're always just trying to figure out what is real and what is true. And if that means it's going to make you look bad, well, gosh dang, man, that you're just going to have to take the L on it and start say, making I got apologies it wrong and move on and apologize to people for calling them conspiracy theorists and whack jobs and nuts and all that kind of. You mean yes, know. but I don't know if it's because they want to keep their jobs. I don't know, or either. because they're just they hate to admit when they're wrong. Yeah, I, 
I don't know. The problem with that, we can call it up whenever we want and get their what their reaction was no. at the moment. It, it may also be something along the lines of they just cannot ever wrap their minds around the idea that Trump might have been right about something. Exactly. Yes. But I tend to believe this. A lot of times it's not up to the individuals we hear. It's up to their bosses and the people at the top. And that's where it flows down from. In other words, you know, how should we tackle this? Now, as far as somebody like Colbert, I have no idea. It seems like that guy should have enough juice on his own mm-hmm. to be able to make his own decision and give his own take. But they're, I mean, you're regular news people they're getting marching orders that's that's at least what i believe you were in that business you would know better than me you think that's far off um i mean you have you probably do have content meetings and production meetings and what you're going to cover the the whole day and so in that way yes here's what we're going to cover and then you get like-minded people together in a room and then everybody says well find me the angle on this on this on this right but if and, Lester Holt, let's just say as an example, mm-hmm. and we don't know this, but what would we believe? If he went into the meeting today before the NBC Nightly News and he said, you know what? I think we should come clean. We were wrong. And I think we should tell people that on the newscast tonight. We got this wrong and we're going to try to do better. There's no way they'd let him do it. Oh, no. No Oh, way. no, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, not all the evidence is out there, you know. They're not <laughs> 100% sure. They're kind of sure. You know, my story today dovetails off that, but it's in a different direction. And it's Dr., and I don't want to mess up her name, Li Mingyan. Nice. Remember in 2020, the Chinese virologist? She Mm -hmm. was in Hong Kong. Yeah. That then became the Chinese whistleblower. Yes. And said, no, it came out of that lab, I'm telling you. She was on Tucker's show at the time. Yeah. Dude. How does the media not at least say, okay, we can't stand Tucker, we don't trust him, but we should probably look into this ourselves. They never did it. So she was back on Tucker's show last night. You know, the amazing thing uh, is she's still alive. That's exactly what my wife said. Like, I'm glad she's still alive. Yeah, me too. But the question was asked, okay, do you really believe that China did this on purpose? Because this is like another step. Was it really an accident, or were they trying to actually come up with a biological weapon? Mm-hmm. And this is what she had to say. Uh, emphasize one thing is, I would say, based on the evidence and the source I have, that the lab, uh, the a virus was intentionally brought out of this strict lab and released in the community. However, I don't think the outbreak in Wuhan was intentional. I would say it was because CCP government and the military scientists underestimate the transmissibility. Okay, you get that part? Kind of. That she's saying they were making the virus to unleash on the world. But the fact that it got out in Wuhan the way it did was not intentional. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand the transmissibility. So when it went all over Wuhan, that wasn't the plan. But for the rest of the world, it was the plan. Because this is, this is how she wrapped that up. That's why finally it got out of control and caused a local, a local outbreak. However, we should know that CCP government intentionally to let it go all over the world to kill millions of people all over the world later. To do it later. It just got out early. Jeez. Is what she was saying. It was scary, That's, man. Yes. That's spooky stuff. Yeah. Well, and again, man... <laughs> What, what do we know for sure? 
they lied about it. The Chinese communist government lied about it and tried to cover it up. That part we know. Was it intentional? I don't know. The Chinese military was there. They were looking at biological weapons. I mean, it's not too far of a reach. Coincidence? Yeah, maybe. What's your story today, Scott? Well, my story today, we have to uh, travel a little bit. we got to go to Argentina for this one. Okay. Uh, Particularly on the uh, southern coastline, the province there. And there was a guy that was riding his all-terrain vehicle on February the 18th. Well, he went missing on February the 20th. They've been searching for him ever since. 30-year-old Diego Beria. And uh, it turns out, uh, Sunday morning, this past Sunday morning, a couple of local fishermen contacted the Coast Guard and said they caught three school sharks very close to where his ATV was found. They said while they were cleaning the sharks, his body came out. Oh, Oh, gosh dang it! (laughs) They were able to identify him because of a tattoo or tattoos that he had on his body. They don't know how he got in the water. They don't know how the shark ate him, but they ate him. Oh, man. Let's clean that and have it for dinner. Oh, my gosh. That's Scott's story today. Very uplifting. Thanks for that. Well, you know, we we, 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 we highlight this thing as, you know, unusual. Something to I know. It's caught your attention. Caught yeah. A, yeah. A body that, being found inside of a shark. Yeah, that's movie yeah, stuff. But it happened well, for real. Well, in support of you, that is an attention grabber. Okay. Thank you. All right. Update on these lab leak theories. And much more coming up right here. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen X, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins, Department of Energy. Yeah, this Wuhan virus, it came from that lab. Okay. Yeah, but you're saying that it's just minimum confidence. Right. Okay. Because they don't have the smoking gun. Okay. It's the Department of Energy. It's the FBI. It's foreign governments. Everybody's pretty much convinced it came from the lab. It wasn't a wet market. So one of the things that happened on Tucker Carlson's show last night, he was clowning on some people. And I didn't know Jimmy Kimmel had ever said this about Trump because there is, you know, different montages of yeah. Donald Trump's xenophobic because he says he's from China. It's a foreign virus. That just stirs up hate. Oh, I know. And, of course, famous line was, Why do you call it the Chinese, Chinese virus? Because it comes from China. China. But Jimmy Kimmel, back talking about the lab leak theory. Oh, this is something, man. Roll it. He's also pushing U.S. intelligence to find evidence for this theory that the virus was accidentally released from a lab in Wuhan. That's his new angle to feed the wingnuts, uh, to treat this virus like it was a conspiracy of some kind. <laughs> that doesn't yes. age well. No. And then there's the clip of Trump that Jimmy Kimmel played at the time. It should have never happened. This plague should never have happened it could have been stopped but people chose not to stop it (laughs) what people tomorrow he'll blame the spanish flu on antonio banderas why are the ratings down so much on these guys and there's your oscars host by the way oh i forgot about that yeah 
wasn't planning on watching. Well, anyway. there's like a thousand different reasons not to watch it. Now we have a thousand and one. Dude, the guy is such a shill. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, think about it, dude. Like Rolling Stone magazine, someone was making this point. I would give him credit. I can't remember who it was. Like you used to be like the rebel speaking against the man. Oh yeah, your corporate shills. Yeah, like, I mean, give me a break. Your extension, your progressive the extension of the progressive wing of the Democrat Party. Yes, yes, yeah. That's all you are. Yeah, take your ads from Pfizer, and get what, all your money, and keep sort of parading that you're some rebel. That's what Kimmel is. It's nothing but flame throwing, progressive nonsense every night. By the way, did you see where the Mayor of L.A., Karen Bass, with everything going on in crime, okay? So you know what we need to do? Diversify the LAPD. Wait a minute. We, we, we want to make it easier for recruits who fail to qualify for training to make the grade in order to do so. so Did you see what happened in Memphis? Yeah. They... <laughs> do you have any idea what's going on? Oh, my gosh. What the... Who elects these people, dude? It's insanity. I'm Karen Bass. <laughs> I'm the mayor. I'm the mayor. Miss Bass. This is the Barkley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Who is saying there's no consensus on the origins of COVID? The left is pissed off out of their minds, aren't they? Yeah, Who is saying that? It's a very weird thing, but this it is, is. Yeah, Kareem Jean Pierre uh, decided to weigh in on this a little bit after she was asked about it because the energy department thinks that the coronavirus probably came out of that lab in Wuhan. And this was supposedly a racist conspiracy theory, but more and more intelligence services and experts are saying, yeah, it's more likely than not true. Uh, Didn't most of Europe decide this like months ago? Yeah, maybe yeah. a year ago? Yeah, uh, almost two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Because, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of odd. Well, they're that, all racist over in Europe. Right, you know that. Right. Gra- I mean, ground zero of this outbreak of a bat-based coronavirus just happened to be in the city where there is a lab that is juicing up bat-based coronaviruses. Hmm. That's odd. Uh, But anyway, uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked whether or not there were any lessons learned when it comes to the national conversation about the lab leak theory. Good question. So what, here's what I can tell you is the president's commitment to getting uh-huh. to the bottom of this, right? That is what's the most important so that we can, you know, we can share this with Congress. We can share this with the American people. That is why he asked the IC uh, to do its work. And right now there is no consensus. There is no consensus. You heard this from Jake Sullivan yesterday. You heard this from my colleague just moments ago. Th- that doesn't mean anything because you people lie all the time. Uh, you, I mean, you heard it from Jake. And my colleague. So uh, so that's it. What? 
What do you mean there's no consensus? And we're going to do everything that we can. The president no, is don't. asking his team to do everything that they can no, they uh, to figure out where it originated because of what could potentially happen next, because of the potential of having another pandemic. And I think that's what's most important. That's what the American people should have confidence in. When Biden has talked to the president of China, he hasn't brought it up. Yeah. So it's a little rich for you to say he's doing everything he can. Got it. Well, the origin of the virus is fact. It's not ideology. It's a fact. But it has been politicized in this country and around the I world. don't get it, man. I guess because, again, they've gone with the narrative for so long that the whole thing was cooked up by racist Donald Trump that it came from the Wuhan lab, escaped the lab. It became a worldwide pandemic. They can't go back on it now. Even though it's even though you have evidence in front of you to prove otherwise. Okay, this I mean, isn't I, I, like I, a rehearsed it's, take. It's the only thing going through my mind. Okay, okay. Several times, I think we'll all say this. I know I say it. One of the big problems in the country is you have so many people, honestly, that believe lies that legacy media tells them all the time. Okay. As long as Karine Jean Pierre and legacy media sticks to the talking points, the people that believe the lies continue to believe the lies. Even if they talk about the Department of Energy and other officials saying, yes, we're, okay, is there a smoking gun? No, but I mean, it's beyond comprehension that it didn't come from anywhere other than that lab. Okay? But if media is saying, well, there's a differing, you know, opinion on this and it's not uh, there's no consensus yet. Then the people that believe the lies say, see, we don't know. Yeah. And they can go on believing it because people don't want to admit they were wrong. Golly. I mean, you're trying to figure it out, but that's the only thing that makes sense to me. And that's why we're just gaslit all the time from the likes of the administration and media. This whole COVID thing. I know, man. Everything about it, from masking to the shots to the origin. Yes, and the thing has all is, been fake. And Biden's been so soft on China at every turn. Why? I think we all have a decent idea the when same, you're thinking the of same the reason. business dealings from the Chinese Communist government. Yeah, same reason Jerry Lewis checks are going to the Ukraine. Millions to Hunter Biden. Yes. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. And, of course, there's so much China money in our corporations and in members of Congress. It goes on. It's just filthy, man. Okay. New lesson today. Everybody ready? Yep. Um, if you don't want to cancel student loan debt, you are, in fact, racist. That's right. Well, naturally. Who is giving us the lesson today, who, David? Who didn't know that? The Supreme Court is hearing the case of Joe Biden's student loan bailout today. And there's protest outside, of course. Uh, Democrat Representative Ayanna Presley oh, said it's, it's racist to not cancel student loan debt. <laughs> I woke up this morning with a lot on my mind, <laughs> thinking about my own mother and the history of black Americans locked out of every major federal relief program denied the ability to federal relief program yeah. what is she talking about every single one that doesn't make any sense but okay like you didn't get help toward college right is that what she's saying <laughs> i i think it, she's speaking in broader terms than that but yes that that would be part of it 
That's not true. No, it's not. I'm thinking of guys I went to school with. Talking about, oh, how much you pay for this? Well, I get a grant. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, go ahead. Denied the ability to build generational wealth because of policy violence. And so we borrow and default. Policy violence. Yes, policy violence. That's a new one. Well, she's trotted that out before, yeah. It's Has she? far left talking point that policy is violence. That it's more lucrative to stay single than to marry the mother of your child? That sort of thing? Is that policy violence? Is that what she's talking about? No. Oh, no. really? Okay. All right. And so we borrow and default at higher rates. Burdened by unjust and egregious student loan debt. Okay, you'll have to remind me, David, because in my mind, I think you had the study on the show. The people that benefit most from this student loan debt cancellation is would be white students that have higher degrees. Yeah, that have that. Yes. So um, what the is she talking about? Well, I, you know, when you talk about high risk of default in the African-American community, you're talking about predatory lenders, payday lenders, things like that, that go after people that don't have a lot of money promising a $5,000 a month payday or something like that. And then you got to pay it back at like 200% interest or something like that. That's not the same thing as a, as a college loan. And then I would say your beef lady is with the universities. Who are charging this amount. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. You really need to ban guns because somebody's holding guns to people's heads and making them sign these letters, right. these notes. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, do you guys ever listen to Glenn Lowry and John McCorder? Every once Very in a while, yeah. intelligent black men. They laugh at this stuff, man. They're like, this is a joke. They, and, of course, the left will never listen to these guys. It's unbelievable. Meanwhile, um, know this, that if you are a black citizen of the United States, we're to understand that you have it worse than being a survivor of Mao's cultural revolution in China? Yeah. Whoa. How? Yeah, the, the 1619 Project lady, Nicole Hannah-Jones, she's a nut. She's got this revisionist history a project uh, that is now a Hulu series, by the way. Um, yeah. And uh, so uh, she was uh, doing a little tweeting over the weekend saying that uh, the existence of black people in America is proof that American exceptionalism is a myth. Basically saying because of all of this poverty in the black community, that proves that American exceptionalism is a myth and, and is, is obviously debunked. Well, there is a woman... Uh, her name is she, Jan, uh, she Van Fleet, um, and she is a survivor of the communist revolution in China. Uh, came to this country with absolutely nothing and built a life for herself. So she had words for that, saying, well, wait a minute. This is what she responded to Nicole Hannah-Jones. Yourself and I, an immigrant from China with 200 borrowed dollars in my pocket when I arrived more than 30 years ago, are proof of American exceptionalism. Uh, natural rights is a unique thing to American founding. Because of it, we were able to abolish slavery, Jim Crow, anti-Chinese laws, and allow individuals to succeed. 
What is not unique to America is slavery, which still exists today. People fighting for human rights in China are jailed by the Communist Party. Uh, however, Nicole Hannah-Jones turns around and says, uh, do you not think that protesters in the U.S. face state violence and arrest? You think the U.S. has no political what? prisoners? I'm afraid well, your vision... You, oh, I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. Political prisoners? Yeah. Where? In the United States. What is she talking Outside about? Outside of the, oh, I forget her name now, but the elderly cancer patient who was inside the Capitol during the riot who served prison time. Uh, I, I don't know. They're, they're, she's trying to draw an equivalence between what the Communist Party does and what the American government does, which proves that she's a freaking idiot. That's it. Nicole Hannah-Jones, this is a lady who also, again, when the state of Florida said no thanks to the advanced placement African-American studies, her work was part of that curriculum initially. And so, yeah, Florida was right to say, no, we don't want any part of this. Because this woman's a moron. So, you're saying, okay, political prisoners today yeah, in the United States, and it's like Mao's China, where 80 million people were killed. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's a moron. <laughs> she, she also added, I'm afraid your vision of America does not match the reality. And so Van Fleet responds, mine is lived experience under enslavement of communism, freedom in America, and the current woke revolution aiming to undo America. Black Americans are enslaved no more thanks to the persevering principles and humanity of this country. Wow, man. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Yeah. There is this crazy thing, man, going on. Um and it is, it is the left and people in media that go along that are really trying to divide people and get people to hate one another only by the color of their skin. You see them pushing it all the time. I mean, it's crazy. It's disgusting. And, you know, something we can get to coming up. So CNN, if you knew the Scott Adams story, the Dilbert creator, yeah, they went after him for racism without realizing... He literally quoted a CNN anchor. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. David oh. has the story. Oh, my God. And the receipts. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. We'll get to that. And uh, what is the percentage of people that have canceled a friend? Got that answer as well. Canceled a friend? Yes. Oh, wow. Straight ahead. Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, you have an update, David, on a story we talked about yesterday. Yeah. Well, Scott Adams, the Dilbert guy, has lost a lot of business now because he said something on his podcast. He's looking at a poll that claims 46% of black people don't like the phrase, it's okay to be white. Don't agree with that. Uh, he said, well, then my advice to white people is to stay the hell away from black people. That wasn't the entire point, but that's the main thing that got scott adams in trouble yeah uh cnn's jake tapper kicked this around with oliver darcy and this is one of the funniest self-owns 
on CNN in recent memory. Roll it. A fairly racist statement, as blatant as it gets. CNN's Oliver Darcy watching all of this. You know, Oliver, he's been trending more and more hard right for years now into some really bigoted terrain. But I guess this apparently crossed the line into self-immolation. That's certainly correct, Jake. I mean, if you watch this live stream, I mean, you just played some of the comments. They're frankly very shocking comments. It seems to be that he is promoting, effectively promoting uh, segregation. <laughs> now, there was that, but I, I think the funniest part to me is that part of this racist rant quoted CNN's Don Lemon. Because part of what Scott Adams said was, well, this is why I wouldn't live in a black neighborhood because, um, because of a crime issue. And he quoted Don Lemon. He did, because Don Lemon did that bit, what was that, 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did. I went to a neighborhood where, you know, I have a very low black population. Because unfortunately, there, you know, there's a high correlation between the density. And this is according to Don Lemon, by the way. Um, so here I'm just quoting Don Lemon when, when he notes that the, when he lived in a uh, mostly black neighborhood, there were a bunch of problems that he didn't see in white neighborhoods. So even Don Lemon sees a big difference in your own quality of living based on where you live and who's there. And, I mean, here are the receipts. This is part of what Don Lemon has said in the past. Yeah. Respect where you live. Start small by not dropping trash, littering in your own communities. I've lived in several predominantly white neighborhoods in my life. I rarely, if ever, witness people littering. I live in Harlem now. It's an historically black neighborhood. Every single day I see adults and children dropping their trash on the ground when a garbage can is just feet away. <laughs> yes. It's My, be... how things have changed. Oh, dude. If you go through his five points, his advice to black Americans back 10 years ago, you'd be shocked. Mm -hmm. We should do that here in the next couple of days. Yeah. We'll play the whole thing again. Man, I don't know exactly what Scott Adams is up to, but I think there's a grander point he's going to be making. I don't know what it is yet. And I haven't listened to the podcast in the last few days. I used to listen to it a lot more. Eh, I think right before the 2020 election, I was checking in more on that podcast. I haven't heard it in a while. But he, it, I'm guessing he knew what he was doing. But I don't know what it is, but we'll see where that all goes. It was quite a point. Um, the answer to the question earlier, percentage of people that have canceled a friend, that would be 66% of people. What does that mean exactly? I think it just means you cut off a friendship. Oh. Like it's done. I've done that. And, it, you know, then the question is, well, were you vocal about it? Or did you just quietly slip away or, you know, defriend someone on social media or stop following them, that sort of thing? Do you think that's about the number you would have guessed, or is it higher or lower? 67%. 66? Yeah. I would have thought it'd be a little bit higher. I, yeah, kind of. I think it comes down to when we're following news all the time, it seems like things are more divided because when you actually go out in the world, it's not as divided as they make it out to be, you know, usually. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David, is? Uh, probably the biggest story is still that the, uh, the White House has now admitted that they support the controversial gain-of-function research which we were told was something that they didn't support. And now it's something that's critical to prevent pandemics, even though apparently this has been going on all over the world, some funded by the U.S., some funded by other nations. And so that would mean that 
Joe Biden has split with, well, President my boss, Obama. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you couldn't do it under Obama. Right. That's really interesting. Because they can't admit it now. Hmm. They're too far dug in. Wow. Here's the headline from Van Camp. You ready? Yep. Joe Biden is a child sla- slave trafficker. That story straight ahead. Oh, yeah. and Robin show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp. Scott Robin, it is the sexy boom. Okay, I like the headline here. It's an attention grabber. Joe Biden is a child slave trafficker. He is. <laughs> that is a smoking hot take from Van Camp. Well, it's a really sad story out of the New York Times, the real another, yet another, really ugly side of Joe Biden's border crisis. It's about the kids who show up here alone. Children have been showing up without parents in record numbers, and they're winding up working in sweatshops here, basically. Uh, it's happening in every state. The employers range from under-the-table operations to multinational corporations who look the other way. It's like, ah, yeah, yeah, I don't know, it's Jose or whatever, I don't know. And they can take advantage of them because nobody's looking out for the kids. Uh, said he was of age. I had no idea he was 12. Right, Exactly. Uh, The number of unaccompanied minors entering the United States climbed to a high of 130,000 last year. That's three times what it was five years earlier. Uh, And the summer is expected to bring another wave. The federal government knows they're here. The Department of Health and Human Services is supposed to be responsible for ensuring sponsors will support them and protect them from trafficking or otherwise exploitation. But as far as more and more children, or as they have arrived, the Biden White House has ramped up demands on staffers to move the children quickly out of the shelters and release them to adults. So basically, they don't want kids in cages. So they just send them to somebody who's going to put them to work in a meatpacking facility. Sure. Well, bad optics. Yeah. The cages. Well, they're coming to the land of opportunity, David. Uh, case workers are saying, look, we, we get rushed through vetting sponsors because... Uh, they're telling us we have to meet this quota. We can only keep so many people uh, in in holding facilities, so we gotta we gotta move these people. And to me, it's Biden basically saying you gotta move the product because that's what's happening. It's Man. an absolute freaking disgrace. About two thirds of all unaccompanied migrant children ended up working full time. Wow, as far as we know. Yeah. Uh, overall, the agency lost immediate contact with a third of the migrant children, and only a third of the migrant children are going to their parents. A majority are sent to other relatives, acquaintances, or even strangers. Just find an adult who will sponsor them. And now they've got this app that they've launched that's making it easier to do it. And the human trafficking that's involved. And then you'll hear... Some talking head talking about how the administration is using every tool that they have mm-hmm. to fight human trafficking. They're and not. It's wide open. No, they're not. They're not doing it. In fact, I mean, they're profiting from it. 
I mean, th- this is what they did was they made it easier to bring in child slave labor into the United States. Man. And you know, if someone ever gets in charge to say, we've got to stop this, and now we have all these people here illegally, and it'll be the conversation again, well, you can't deport millions of people. You yes, just can't you can. do it. You have to. I know. But you know that's coming. Yeah. That will be the talk. about. Well, you just can't do it. And then all of Legacy Media will get their orders, and it will be the stories of, you know, basically kids ripped away from their parents, the parents are sent home, and what a sad story this is, but they create the entire thing. Mm -hmm. It's so frustrating. And the thing is, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid, sadly, because these kids have been used, and it's, it's again, it's a freaking tragedy that they have been. But the best way to stop it from happening is to send a message that this will not be tolerated. And I'm sorry for your circumstances, but you're going to have to go back. Yeah. And then you'll get the protests in the street from the idiots, especially uh, younger college-age people that got their fill of Netflix in the latest series that have no freaking clue of what's going on, yeah. but they hear about some injustice, yeah. and we're going to go hold signs, and we're going to show our power. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the, the take needs to be from now on, you're pro-child slavery then, because that's what you're supporting. Yes. Yep. It's true. Completely different story. I brought this up before. Prager Youth, they put together those little videos for like five or six minutes, mm-hmm. and it's rare that I'll watch one of those where I don't learn something. I think they're really well done. And anyway, I'd love to see more of those in schools. Of course, that, yeah, would, right. that would have to be a private school. Right. But I mean, when you, when you see one of those, can you ever argue with the facts of what's being laid out? And I bring this up because they just released the real climate crisis video that's like six minutes long. And it's from Alex Epstein, the uh, dude that wrote Fossil Future expert in the field about just fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. And he, he lays it out what the real crisis is. And it's not so much the climate crisis, it's the economy because of everything that the powers that be have done. Especially when you're talking about inflation, a lot of this is caused by stamping down on fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. I mean, Europe, all of a sudden, they're they're in a terrible situation because it was supposed to be stifling Russia, right? Yeah. With all of the Russian oil, it's only made them more powerful. I mean, there's a completely different story out there talking about all the sanctions that we're going to put on Russia to strangle them. You can easily make the argument the United States is worse off now because of the sanctions than Russia is. But to play you a little clip from the PragerU climate crisis, it picks up on what's happened over the last few years. Climate disaster deaths have decreased 98% over the last century. The only rational approach to reducing fossil fuels climate impacts is a long-term one based on developing truly competitive, reliable forms of energy. But? Most promisingly, nuclear energy. But? Unfortunately, uh, instead of taking this rational approach, governments declared a climate crisis and started immediately restricting fossil fuels with no viable replacement. They pretended that solar and wind could somehow replace fossil fuels. But since these fuels are inherently unreliable, they can go to near zero at any given time, there was never any reason to believe this. People would have known that. 
And so all of a sudden people are surprised when, oh, you know what? It hasn't been very windy in Europe. Oh, my gosh. We may not have power this weekend. Remember when that happened in the fall? Yes. Now we're suffering the consequences of their folly. Instead of rapidly expanding our fossil fuel production, we're begging Saudi Arabia and Venezuela to expand theirs. Europe, which once enjoyed energy security, is now dependent on Russia for the natural gas it needs to heat its homes and power its industry. And outrageously, instead of apologizing for the disastrous anti-fossil fuel policies that caused today's energy crisis, our so-called experts are confidently doubling down. And you see it all over the place. Well, I've made the case for years. There are major fossil fuel industry companies that have invested billions of dollars into renewable research through uh, algae production, through other, through ethanol production, other things to try to find, they want to track, they want to crack the code because the first person that can actually come up with a reliable uh, energy source that is as efficient as oil and gas will be able to, they'll be handed a blank check. Oh, yeah. That will be the single richest person or richest company in the history of humanity. They want to find it, but they can't. It's not like, oh, yeah, we just really need to keep oil. No, they keep producing oil because the world needs oil. And, yes, they want to yeah. make a profit. Of course they do. But and it, what might be nuclear, it might be hydrogen. Yeah. But it's not known yet. But what does the world need until that time? Oil and gas. Yes. Because that's how you heat homes in the wintertime. Because far more people die in the winter than they do in the summer. Doesn't it seem like when you look at the whole thing, it's like time capsule backwards. It's like we went from windmills to <laughs> gas. To yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we started here. Now we're headed that direction. Well, it, and then it's the fertilizer with the food. And, yes. you know, you got people that are starving because the richest countries are going to find a way to get food. The poorest countries are not. And those people are going to starve. And that's really what's pointed out in the video. It's worth checking out, man. It's, it's an eye-opener. No doubt about that. Okay, moving on other stuff. Okay, this is good news. John Fetterman yeah. is improving? That, that's what they're saying. Uh, he's still in the hospital. The Democrat senator out of Pennsylvania is still in the hospital undergoing treatment for clinical depression. Of course, we all know he had a stroke that almost killed him last year. And in my estimation, no one loved him enough to tell him to step aside from the campaign trail, let somebody else. There would have been plenty of time for another Democrat to show up on the ballot. Uh, but now he's done irreparable damage to himself. Uh, and that's made his depression worse as the story goes to the point where he needed to be in the hospital. That's so, when his loving wife took a trip to Canada. Yeah, and his, yeah, his wife, on the day she found out that he's in the hospital because he's, like, suicidal or something, they go to Niagara Falls. <laughs> what the hell? Well, she'll saying a husband in need is a husband <laughs> I don't need to know. Uh, Let's go on a little trip. Yeah, as comms director put out a short update saying, uh, we don't have a lot to update folks with since there's no real news to report, except that John is doing well, working with the wonderful doctors, and remains on a path to recovery. Um, But I I do think, and it's not to poke fun at a guy who had a stroke, certainly, or somebody who is in such dire mental uh, straits that he needed to be hospitalized, but... Uh, remember, I mean, he and his campaign just lied to every voter about where he was. 
Remember, there was this interview he did on MSNBC where he's talking. It was right, it was just a couple of days before the election. Okay. All right, roll it. Uh, uh, yeah, all of our doctors believe that we are absolutely ready to be fit to, to be serving. And, and uh, one of the things we always remind everybody is that by January, I would be much, much better. But Oz will still be a fraud. And, you know, and I rely on the judgment on real doctors. Okay. And his real doctor was one of his biggest donors to his campaign. Yeah. And we could trust that. Man, they, they sacrificed this guy's body and mind in order to keep a seat or take yes. a seat in the Senate, man. Politics is an ugly, ugly game. Thing is, man, you expect that from a political party, really. From the people closest to you? Yeah. Not looking out for you? I think you're right, David. That's just sad, man. Okay. Switching gears. See if you can guess this. Maybe you already saw the headline. Okay. Because this surprised a lot of people. The most popular cuisine in the world is what? Most popular what? Cuisine. Cuisine. Um, mm -hmm. Italian. That's second. Uh, Mexican. That's third. What's one? American? Korean. Oh, really? See? Right. No. A little bit of everything. David, you, okay. Yeah. So why do you think that is, David? You got, you're the biggest foodie on the show. Because you can get anything. If you go to a Korean restaurant, you can get barbecue. You can get uh, what a lot of people might consider Chinese food. I mean, it's just a very versatile uh, uh, versatile menu. Can I get hush puppies? Yeah, actually, probably. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my goodness. Have you ever had bulgogi? It's really bulgogi? good. Bulgogi. Never have, no. Have you, David? I have. Korean dish, do you like it? I do like it, yes. Just little strips of steak? Mm-hmm. Rice, yeah. My um, aunt and uncle, he was in the military, and they were in Korea for a while. And they brought that dish back, and that was a family favorite for years. What is it, rice and beef? Yeah. What else? It's like a flavored beef that's... That's it, as far oh, as I, I know. I probably would eat that then, yeah. Yeah, I think even you could do it. Yeah. You'd probably say it's not as good as weenies on something or whatever, but because <laughs> no. you love your wiener, hard. that's for sure. Somebody's got to. <laughs> really? What? People also like Japanese, Indian. Okay, we're going to get to a news update next. Forget we even had this conversation. Camp and Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, new news cycle. Now that we have, you know, the Department of Energy saying it. Yeah, <laughs> that whole coronavirus thing that started in that Wuhan lab. <laughs> yep. Oops. Okay, that's taken over Balloon Gate. Yeah. We've all forgotten about the Chinese <laughs> spy balloon now. <laughs> all the fake news that came out after that, like Cory Booker saying Trump let the balloons go all the time. And then it comes out, well, no one knew about it then. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a week later, it was Kamala Harris. We took decisive action on the balloon. Right. I mean, it's like after, parody in a way. After two weeks. Yes. But balloons back in the news. But not of the Chinese spy variety. That is a city in California banning balloons. 
banned. All together? Yes. Well, that's Laguna Beach. Wow. Can't sell them, can't use them, including party balloons in public. What are they going to do about kids' birthday parties? Well, I was thinking about this. Imagine, Mr. Speaker, a world without balloons. They're going to have to there. Thank yeah. you, Hank Johnson, Congressman from Georgia. Yeah. Hank just asked us to imagine. He didn't think this would become a reality. Well, see, there, they're saying the balloons are being released and abandoned and are ending up in the ocean and on the beaches, and then they're eaten by wildlife and sea animals, and it kills them. Mm. So the officials said that latex balloons can take decades to break down. Mylar balloons won't break down at all. The good news for public spaces only. If you're a private residence, you can still have balloons. Oh. All right. Meanwhile, don't forget to wear your disposable face mask. Yes. Oh, that, yeah. By the way, I'm asking the question, and I'm not jockeying one way or another. Hmm. With that little clip of Hank Johnson, is yeah. that all you need for today? No, I want to no. hear the whole it's thing never about enough. balloons. Okay. I, I, it used to be, it seemed like on this show, if we played a little clip of Hank Johnson and some of the insane things he said, it would be limited to one. Mm-hmm. But it seems like that's not enough now. No, it's not. By the way, the lead up, if you're going back 10 years to that little clip of him about balloons, is they were going to make a decision about helium. Yeah. yeah. This is what led up to that statement. This is comedy gold. This Tea Party Congress will make the tough choice. <laughs> to keep children's birthday parties on schedule and give industries that rely on helium the lift that they deserve. Imagine, Mr. Speaker, a world without balloons. (laughs) Man, simpler times, I would say. Yeah. But, of course, you have to bring up, if you're going to bring up Hank Johnson, his one huge worry was that Guam could capsize. Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. Because of too many people. Uh, we don't anticipate that. <laughs> it never stops being funny. <laughs> no. This is the Markley Van Camp Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, it is this weird sort of thing, and I don't think I'm the only one who feels like what we've known for quite a long time, that COVID-19 started in that lab in Wuhan. But now in the news cycle, it's out there because of the Department of Energy. Yeah. You know, and it was released by the Wall Street Journal, and now it's been picked up by media that it's very much believed that it came from that lab in Wuhan. Okay. But yet still there are some in legacy media denying that this is a for sure kind of thing. There's no consensus. Yeah, there. What do you mean? Well, this is what happens whenever you have a group of people that are so insecure about their own beliefs that they lash out whenever something uh contrary shows up. 
I mean, it's well documented. This is this is the thing. I mean, people lash out when they're confronted with something they didn't uh, think was true or they had really put a lot of emotional investment in. And I know for a while on this show, over the last few years, maybe it got laughable, the disdain for Anthony Fauci. Mm-hmm. But I think it was partly because you could see what he was doing in dividing people and claiming he was the science. And then you hear somebody that can take that anger and channel it and do it in a way that maybe you couldn't. And that's what I heard when I heard Ted Cruz say this about Fauci. Okay. Like, Ted does this so much better than me, I'll just let him take the floor. There has been nothing in our lifetimes that has done more to damage the credibility of government scientists or doctors than Dr. Anthony Fauci. There are now tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of Americans that are not going to believe the next thing a scientist or doctor working for the government says. Okay, stop there. Well, we've been, we've been saying that. I mean, we've been saying that. Yes. That the next time something happens, we're going to look at this like, okay, really? Correct. Because okay. we've lost all faith because he's a liar. Well, yes. You know, and we are already seeing the, the results of this. Uh, with childhood vaccine rates going down. Yeah, I mean, New right. York was reporting this, saying, oh, this was a terrible thing. Well, why the hell do you think? You actually have now damaged the credibility of actual effective vaccines. Yes. yes. Yep. Everything. You have. Ted goes on. And that's dangerous. If, God forbid, we have another pandemic, let's say we have something like Ebola that has massively high fatality rates. I want us to be able to have scientists and doctors that can give us advice on how to keep our families safe. And yet Fauci was so willing to listen to the teachers union, so willing to listen to the Biden White House, so willing to put politics above science that he's done enormous damage to the credibility of, of, of the government doctors. I, I think that's an incredible disservice to the country. Yep. Totally agree. He's 100% on, on point. I hope he has to yes. answer questions. I know, David, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going it. to happen, no. Ah, but it'll be entertaining but as I hell if they drag him up in front of Congress. Yeah, but no, it doesn't. It won't matter. I know. I, I hope you. you're wrong. I, I see really you hope baiting the hook. Yeah. I see I, it. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm just trying to make sure nobody gets their hopes up. Nothing's ever going to happen. All I'm hoping is that there will be a number of people in the country who believed everything Fauci said that will come to know what the truth really was. And no, you know what? That guy was a liar. I will help you in the future. There were a lot of people who were very upset with us for doubting Fauci ever. How dare you oh, yeah. doubt this man? Yes, I this know. public servant who's given his life. <laughs> but once for the you knew the story yes. and how he was taking statements and twisting them, and then how he just outright lied, and then you broke the trust of the people. You couldn't trust anything that he said. Right. You know, I mean, that's kind of what it came down to, you know? You know, it's interesting he brought up Ebola, like the next time there would be something like Ebola, because I can remember that going down. Oh, yeah. And both of you guys were freaked out. And you thought I wasn't taking it serious enough. I remember that at the time. David, you were going to reroute a flight. Well, I did, yeah. It was out of, it was through uh, DFW, and that's where the domestic... Ebola case was found, and I'm like, you know what? Ah, costs nothing to maybe reroute out of a different airport. Yeah. 
Well, it would be one thing after another after another. It was, you know, the bird flu, the swine flu, and then it was Ebola. I'm sorry, with Ebola, I'm surprised Fauci didn't make everybody wear sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> we had themes for Ebola back in the day, didn't we? Ebola. That's right. Yeah. We had fun with it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's Do fun I, having... Not funny, man! Having that fun. was Robin's take. Well, yeah. I was, Ebola. Oh, yeah. Ebola. <laughs> not funny. Not funny. I know. Well, it happens sometimes. You <laughs> both. <laughs> you I like forgot, that memory, don't I you? I forgot about that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of the... Uh, there was a piece in the New York Post today. Ten myths told by COVID experts now debunked. Uh -oh. We'll get to that in the next 15 minutes. Oh, okay, good. That's really good. Something else going on today. Supreme Court hearing whether or not Joe Biden could just say, uh... Me, Lord of the country, can say your student loan debt goes away. Yes, they and are. What's the Supreme Court going to say? Uh, well, we'll find out in a few months. Yeah. You know what? What ultimately they will say about this? I think most people who are experts in this field are saying, ah, probably not. The the it probably will not be ruled constitutional because, well, the, it's blatantly not. <laughs> I mean, no, it's not. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But the Shriekers are out in force today going out oh, yeah. saying that, yes, th this must be done. The Supreme Court must cancel student loan debt, which, by the way, the, the Supreme Court can't. Uh, they're just weighing in on whether or not the executive branch can. Uh, Democrat Representative Sheila Jackson Lee says, you know why this needs to be done? Why? It's because people who took out debt are being denied their constitutional rights. How? How? Is that just her truth or something? Roll that. You have every authority to be able to stand for young people and people who are now 30s and 40s and 50s who can't see their way out, can't see a light at the end of the tunnel because they are not blessed with certain inalienable rights of life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness because student debt has slapped them down to the ground. Oh, God. <laughs> I want the last five seconds of that again, please. Huh? Of happiness because student debt has slapped them down to the ground. No one forced them to take out a loan. That's why we have to ban guns. They put guns to their heads. Yeah. Made them sign off on these loans. Yeah. Okay. So it's up to the American people to pay for that, not the universities. Yeah. How does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to really crack down on it, on predatory lending, then, man, you go after the universities hard. And I think the Biden administration would enjoy bipartisan support on that. Oh, my goodness, man. Well, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, except for his fellow Democrats in Congress. Exactly. Who, they throw a lot of money at these guys. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What was the other clip that Sheila Jackson Lee, she was... Well, she brought up Ukraine. It was really weird. This was weird, yeah. Ukraine? Yeah. Strange I, analogy. I don't know how those go together i'm still trying to figure it out i guess we could listen to the clip again i think it's going to be a waste of time because we're still not going to know how that makes any sort of sense i think i still have that clip we'll bring that up man so people in ukraine fighting for democracy and we don't have it in the united states because of the student loans i refuse to accept that this great nation who stands alongside of the ukrainian people fighting for democracy around the world 
so that the children of Ukraine stolen by Russians can come back to their nation and stand equal under the sun, then I refuse to accept that each and every one of you who are here, families who cannot come to this place today, mothers and fathers who are getting up with a heavy load on their back, taking children to school, trying to make ends meet because they went and accepted the challenge of an American dream. Hold on a second. So a foreign country comes into your land, takes the children away, is the same thing as signing for a student loan? Yes. <laughs> Woo! Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, connect those dots. Huh? We're really one step away from somebody going up there and saying, "Hey, you know who else wanted people to pay back their loans? Hitler." <laughs> and now are under the burden of usurious rates that are slapping them to the ground. I don't want to be slapped anymore. I love the person in the background. Uh-huh. Amen. Do you know what you just agreed I mean, to? I mean, honestly, if, if you're worried about high interest rates, which is the case for some, I, I, I don't even know if that would apply with the student loan bailout, because I thought it would have to be something that was backed by the federal government. Like, private loans wouldn't be covered by this. Right. So if you wow, really want to, if you want to tackle that problem, Congress can do that. And again, I think there would be bipartisan support to try to change the interest rates on these loans. I mean, it would be met with legal challenges, of course, but uh, there are other ways of doing it than just waving a magic wand that Biden doesn't have and, and saying that your debt is forgiven. Wow, she was fired up. You know, it would be great someone to walk up. Today, of all days, and say because it's the last day of February. You know what? I think we should do away with Black History Month. I don't think we need it. Oh, crap. What? Who said that? I'm just saying what John McCorder and Glenn Lowry said. Oh, okay. They said that. All right. But can I say I, I think they make good points? If you're white, you can't say that. No. You want me to play the clip of them saying it? Yep. Because, I mean, these are esteemed educators. At American universities. And I love to hear these guys talk about all sorts of different topics because it's just free. They don't care about being politically correct. They just speak it the way they see it. And this is what they said about Black History Month. Black History Month, I have argued more than once in the media, is obsolete. I Uh-oh. get why it was important at a time and Black History Week before that. But I think the idea that there's a month set aside, it doesn't hurt anything, but... We study black history in, in the United States now all year. The job is done. I don't think we can honestly say that the history of black people is marginalized. And I have said and you know, gotten really dumped on in the past. And isn't it time to let this go? Why do we have to have February be set it's aside? It's kitsch. <laughs> and then Glenn Lowry, if you are familiar with these guys, <laughs> he runs a little bit. And it's become a marketing scheme. <laughs> Where uh, every retailer feels like they have to put a sign in the window saying it's Black History Month. We pay tribute to black people. We pay tribute to black film. We pay tribute to, you know. It's not, it's not I, a bad I'm not going to fall on my sword about it, but it, it, right. it just rubs me the wrong way. It rubs me the wrong way. Okay. Black history is no longer marginal. It's not 1972 <laughs> where you have these flashcards of black heroes and that's a rare and radical move. Progress happens. And I'm not sure that Black History Month makes the kind of sense that it may have 40 years ago. But we're not supposed to say so. No, you're not. I want to say 
those voices of color are being marginalized mm -hmm. and they're not giving the platform they deserve. Well, I also think it's rather offensive that we gave black people the shortest month of the year. <laughs> people have really said that. I hadn't really thought about that until just right now. That's been said before. Really? Wow. It has, hasn't it, Dave? Yeah. In a derogatory sense? Yeah, like, oh, of course it's February, shortest month. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Should write in to Glenn and John on that one. Say, you tackle that part why, of it too. Why? Probably just. Why laugh. does Pride Month get two more days, huh? <laughs> See, you're very good at this, David. My head's gonna blow up. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. All right, we'll get to the ten myths told by COVID experts now debunked, and much more straight ahead, right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, I told you we'd get to the 10 myths told by COVID experts, now debunked. I think we should probably go through all 10. Okay. May have to do this um, in parts. Just put it to you that way. Might not have time for uh, all of it. But let's start here. I can't wait to hear a reaction from a certain individual. Um, this was from Dr. Marty McCary, John Hopkins. Mm -hmm. He's been proven right on a lot of things, demonized a lot, but proven right on several different issues. Uh, this was in the New York Post. Misinformation number one, natural immunity offers little protection compared to vaccinated immunity. <laughs> Remember that one? Wow. And so he goes into different studies to talk about this now. He said, in fact, the scientific data was there all along. From 160 studies, despite the findings of these studies violating Facebook's misinformation policy. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. And I did not know this until I read it. Most Americans who were fired for not having the COVID vaccine already had antibodies that effectively neutralized the virus. But they were antibodies that the government did not recognize. Yeah. Well, Unreal. A lot of people got fired. Misinformation number two. Masks prevent COVID transmission. Mm-hmm. Now it's just another study came out from Cochrane Reviews that's been talked about a lot. Um, highly respected Oxford research team found masks had no significant impact on COVID transmission. Um, well, and CDC director Dr. Rochelle Walensky downplayed it. As a matter of fact, I just heard of another hospital putting their mask mandate back in. Oh, yeah. Today. Yes, yes today. Yeah. In Peoria, Illinois. That's right. Golly. Should because, we send the news over? Well, somebody, <laughs> they have a fax machine, something? You want to email? It's like rate of infection is up or something. And it that's, doesn't that was their matter. Claim. They well, don't work. <laughs> but it makes people feel better. That's, that's So what? See, you're absolutely right, David. That's what it is. That's what this is about. McCary writes, if all the energy used by public health officials to mass toddlers could have been channeled to reduce child obesity by encouraging outdoor activities, we would be better off. And that is true. Misinformation number three, school closures reduce COVID transmission. And he writes, the CDC ignored the European experience of keeping schools open, most without mask mandates. Transmission rates were no different, evidenced by studies conducted in Spain and Sweden. We have bad teachers unions there, huh? Yeah, I guess. Well, you, you can't trust them. Though. I'm sure they're, though they're racist or something. Mm -hmm. Ageist, 
There's something. Can't trust them. Misinformation number four. Myocarditis from the vaccine is less common than from the infection. Also not true. Public health officials downplayed concerns about vaccine-induced myocarditis or inflammation of the heart muscle. And you still wonder (laughs) how in the world that they can say, yes, absolutely get your kids vaccinated when there's little to no benefit. Seriously, that's still happening. I don't understand how. And another piece of misinformation, young people benefit from a vaccine booster. Also not true, but we can get to more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David. I think it's still the White House reaction to the news that uh, the Department of Energy is, well, pretty sure that uh, COVID came out of that lab. And now all of a sudden you've got the White House scrambling saying, well, listen, I think that gain of function research is still worth the uh, the the inherent risk because we need to get ahead of of the next pandemic except when this type of research is the reason for a pandemic that doesn't make any sense no it does not and they're still fighting the information that it came from that lab you're waiting for hillary to show up what difference at this point does it make <laughs> Those, man. All right, we'll get to the rest of that. And the Scott Robbins trifecta straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so David, you said the biggest story of the day. Still the lab leak. Yeah. Part of energy comes out, says, yep, pretty confident. Well, it's low confidence, but that's because we don't have a smoking gun. So the left takes that as no consensus. Yeah, right. Still came from the wet market, which I've also heard wet market. What? That's seafood. There's no, there's no bats there. That's what they said at the time. There were no bats there. The wet market. I can't even remember that far back. I can't either. Or the pangolas or whatever. Pangolas. Well, it wouldn't be there. Okay. That was the Chinese Communist government throwing out the talking points that our media just took and ran with. Yeah. And now, you know, like many other countries around the world, we're coming to grips with, yeah, it came from that lab. Not a big shock to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I started down this list from Dr. Marty McCary from Johns Hopkins that was in the New York Post. These myths told by COVID experts and now debunked. And we went through five. The other five are as follows. Misinformation number six, vaccine mandates increased vaccination rates. Didn't. Thought it did. Really didn't. Made people more, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Misinformation number seven, COVID originating from the Wuhan lab is a conspiracy theory. Right. I think we've talked mm. about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes through, he goes through um, that there were two very prominent virologists that told Fauci it came from that lab. Well, you need to change your story there. And it was documents that was obtained by Brett Barrett, Fox News. 
told Fauci and Collins that the virus may have been manipulated in that lab, and then they had to change their tunes within a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so dirty, man. Misinformation number eight. It was important to get the second vaccine dose three or four weeks after the first dose. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember hearing much about that, to be no, honest. Uh-uh. To, to know that that was a myth. And then data on the, uh, what is it, bivalent vaccine, crystal clear. To, to date, there's never been a randomized controlled trial of that vaccine. Oh, that's the updated booster, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so how could they say it was crystal clear when they never did a trial? Well, why are you asking questions? You remember talking about it on the show at the time? They yeah. put that out without testing it? Yeah, but they, they, they got a pretty good read on it from the mice. <sighs> but never tested on humans. Yeah. And the last piece of misinformation McCary goes over is one in five people get long COVID. Have you read much about long COVID in the last few weeks? I haven't. Not in the last yeah. few months, actually. I haven't. But... No, I have. It, it seems to be coming up a little bit more. Uh, and, I mean, I think there are... I mean, open questions about it, but yes. it also, it, it is very interesting because there was one survey done, I want to say it was early January is when it was released, that showed that the places where people had the most anxiety about COVID mm-hmm. was also where you found the most diagnoses of long COVID. Yes. So... And and I think the people who were doing that research were also saying that's not to say that it's all psychosomatic. There, because I mean, there is damage that can be done to the lungs, to the heart that would be mm-hmm. lasting, long lasting for people who had a severe case of COVID. But certainly, there is a bit of uh, hysteria that's feeding the numbers that we kind of have right now. Well, the CDC claimed that twenty percent of COVID infections can result in long COVID. Mm. UK study said it's 3%. Yeah. And their long COVID said residual symptoms lasting 12 weeks. So, I mean, that is a massive disparity. Oh, yeah. But you can trust the CDC. Well, sure you can, yeah. That just adds more to the trust, <laughs> the big trust circle we have going on. Wow, yeah. it's really something, man. Okay, before the trifecta, a clip from Ron DeSantis, David. Yeah, well, uh, Donald Trump has been on Truth Social going after the governor of Florida again, time and time again, because he sees him as a threat. He sees him as a threat to the presidential uh, nomination in the Republican Party. And, you know, Ron DeSantis has been kind of not publicly getting into the fray with any of this. I think he's been handling it fairly delicately. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was asked about this. The context is this. He was doing an interview with Brian Kilmeade and Brian Kilmeade his said, books out today. Right? Yeah. So Brian Kilmeade says, Hey, I read your book and you didn't really have anything to say about Donald Trump, like nothing negative. There was no, you know, back and forth punching going on, but there um, was positives in there. Yeah. So yep. anyway, he was asked about that. Okay. No, I mean, look, I, I mean, it's silly season. I mean, you know how how the, some of this stuff goes, and obviously he he does his thing, and it's just that's kind of kind of kind of who he is. But what I wanted to do was was just give an honest appraisal of kind of how we got to this point, the failures of the D.C. Republican establishment, and how Donald Trump was speaking to things that 
some of the old guard refused to address. And, and that's just a fact. And, you know, he can say, you know, what he wants about me. I'll always give him credit for the things that he did uh, that were positive. And I'm, and I'm appreciative of a lot of, of the things uh, that he did. Doesn't mean I, you know, agree with, with everything um, that he's doing lately or whatever. Uh, but ultimately, it's about delivering for the people you represent and delivering for the country. So I wasn't really into kind of trying to, you know, throw pot shots at anybody. Okay. So if you're giving a letter grade, how DeSantis handled that, what would you give him? I'd say that's a, that's a solid A. Now, I was going to go A, but I thought I might be too high, maybe B+. Plus. But how could it have been better? Well, I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. I didn't want to be that guy, though. What guy? That goes, everything Ron DeSantis says is great, and you know. I'm just looking for an honest assessment. No, I think the honest assessment was he handles Trump very well. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be different as he may this be goes really on pissed he off. Runs. He may be really pissed off in private. I mean, he may really be angry in private, but he doesn't let that show. No. He's very measured. He's very methodical, very under control. You know, I mean, that's... This is going to be really interesting. That's, that is who he is, man. We'll that's, have more time tomorrow to get more into that. Because we got to get Trump's your... trying to get an outburst out of him of some kind. Oh, yeah. I would think. Yeah, he's trying to get a reaction. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. All right, you ready for your big three? We got to get to it. Roll. Let's roll. It. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time. The Robin's Top 3, helped by his buddy. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, okay. Casey. Yes. Netflix this weekend? What do you say? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> three. Number three, uh, the mayor of Chicago, maybe soon to be former mayor. It's an election today. Wow. And uh, she is not the clear front runner, but the Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, uh, says that Time Magazine is racist because she wasn't featured on the cover. That's right. What? Chicago Mayor Larry, Lori Lightfoot could, in fact, lose re-election. She's taking her frustration out right now, particularly on the media, she claims, isn't giving her a fair shake. Why? <laughs> because she's Look a woman. Because she's a woman of color. That's why. <laughs> the only reason she won the election was because media was slobbering all over her. Hush because now, she was, Hush. She was a black lesbian. Yes. Now, historic it was. She is one of the... Dumbest, I think the dumbest mayor in America. And that's saying something, by the way. In an interview with Politico, Lori Lightfoot trashed Time magazine. What? For portraying former mayor Rahm Emanuel as the embattled tough guy on the cover, facing the pressures of his office while refusing to give her similar treatment ahead of the race. <laughs> she also said Time magazine is uh, playing the race and gender card by not depicting her as a strong mayor. <laughs> Saying if she wasn't a black woman, she would have received a similar cover story just like Rob. Why are you yelling? And her polarizing actions as mayor wouldn't have been judged as harsh. Would have been tough. So is she that dumb or does she just have amnesia of how a lot of media wound up treating Rahm Emanuel? No, she's dumb. They that were like dumb. burning that guy in effigy, man. Okay, she said, I remember Rahm Emanuel appearing on the cover of Time. The headline was, Tough Guy for Chicago. No woman or woman of color is ever going to get that headline. Oh, shut the hell up. <laughs> the media is unfair to her. That's right. Okay, I haven't heard this clip in a long time. I think it's in the right context. I think this is a media member in Chicago that is 
<laughs> playing right into her hands. And, of course, the reaction is exactly what you would think. How much of this do you think might have to do with the fact that you're a woman, and specifically a black woman? About 99% of it. There you go. <laughs> yes. That's it. Th this criticism. It's not because crime goes up at least 60% every single year and people are leaving in droves. It's not that. It's because you're a black lesbian. Double-digit murders every weekend. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're getting closer and closer to number one. The Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day. Two. Uh, Nike is trying to reopen a store in Portland, and, uh, well, they're begging the mayor of Portland for protection now. Yeah, well, the Nike people is going, hey, you know, there's a sign on the door there saying it's been closed for the next seven days. That's been there for months. The reason for the closure was pretty obvious. The store was sick and tired of being looted so often it wasn't profitable. And the regular presence of criminals inside the building made the environment unsafe for workers or customers. It seems, guys, when a criminal is inside the building you want to shop at, you don't want to go there. You'd yeah. think that'd be a big draw. Boy, I'd like to go somewhere where all the criminals are. That'd be fun. <laughs> so Nike sent a letter to Portland Mayor Todd Whalen, pleading with him to help with no, the security. I, I know. David. It's Ted Wheeler, but our joke is if, you, if you're new to the show, we've called him Todd Whalen because I yeah. think uh, Kaylee McEnany, the old uh, press secretary for Trump, called him Todd Wheeler. Yeah. And then Donald Trump called him Ted Whalen. Yes. And so Todd Whalen, because this guy deserves no respect whatsoever, right. no, he doesn't. has become his name. Yes. Uh, but they've been pleading with him. They're saying, hey, help us out here. They proposed a couple of plans that would allow Portland police to provide security inside the store. And the company was willing to foot the bill for their time. But as of now, the city is not dispatching any police to help, and they don't expect to do so for any time. Now, if you're asking yourself, and rightly so, why doesn't Nike just hire private security? Well, they have. But the problem is those guys can't do anything. It's unreal, man. So it's so Portland would send apparently police there, but they don't have enough police to send there. Yeah. And Nike and the people who head up that operation are part of the problem, promoting people like Todd Whalen. Yeah. Into positions of power. So screw you, Nike. You made this yeah. bed. It seems with security guys there, the looters figured out real quick they can't do anything. Yeah. And they just went in and started looting anyway. So. Isn't that... It was at the Nike store. I know you got yeah. it in Portland, but wasn't it at the yeah. Nike store? You got your Beaver Nation shirt? Yeah, I got my Lady Beaver shirt. Yeah. Yeah. You still rock that? I haven't seen it in a while. Well, it, it kind of it fell apart. I, I wore it too much. Um, you wore it out, didn't so you? I did wear it out, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the slaves in China don't make Nike apparel like they used to. That's too bad, man. You could have went old school Midwest and cut the sleeves off, man. <laughs> Just saying, anyway. Now, on with the countdown. Okay, Scott Robbins, <laughs> trifecta, top three of the day, up to number one. Number one, uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is having his uh, use of the uh, government jet audited now because, boy, he likes to fly in that thing a lot. Uh, anyway, uh, he says he's glad that yeah, he's the happy. audit is happening. Not worried at all. Pete tweeted out, glad this will be reviewed independently. So misleading narratives can be put to rest. Bottom line, I mostly fly on commercial flights in economy class. <coughs> and when I do, <laughs> our agency's aircraft, it's usually a situation we've been doing it so it saves the taxpayers money. See, he's just been trying to save you money. That's what he's doing.
Did you see the picture of him last week? He was in Ohio for a few hours, got back on the plane, and then he was sawing logs. Yeah. He was like... He was very tired. Absolutely. You know, I, I thought about this, too. I'm thinking about this has got to be the first controversial Secretary of Transportation in the history of our country. Who even knew who these people were, generally speaking? Well, I don't know. The left kind of lost their minds about Elaine Chow because she was Mitch oh, McConnell's right. wife. Well, that well, yeah. Never mind, she actually did have a pretty solid background in managing large-scale operations, both nonprofits and uh, corporations. Yeah, but did she ride trains for fun ever? <laughs> right. Did she get engaged at a train station? Or, <laughs> Not yeah, sure. Something like that. that. Private yeah. Jet Pete. That's what they're calling him now. <laughs> I kind of like that one. And there you have it. And that's the Scott Robbins trifecta. All right. Another news update to get to. And Nimrod's in the news. One of the most painful Nimrod stories I've ever seen straight ahead. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Saw this news update. Biden announced that he's going to nominate Julie Sue, who, by the way, oversaw billions in pandemic relief fraud during her time as a senior official in California to replace Labor Secretary Marty Walsh. Yeah. Is she from Alabama? No. Julie Sue! No, she's. Get the, in here! She would, I believe, be the first Asian woman, oh, Asian American okay, woman, got to it. be the. Labor secretary. Well, of course, I should have known yeah. better. Yeah. doesn't matter if you oversaw billions in pandemic relief fraud. No, no. No. That Everybody doesn't matter. Doing it. Unbelievable. And with that, we get into Nimrods. In the when the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods the news. We start today, well, in Indonesia. This is a, a crazy one, to say the least. Um, this 28-year-old man was rushed to the hospital. Why? Well, he was at a hotel in Sibolga, in North Sumatra, Indonesia. He had been dating this woman for about seven months. Um, so they meet up at the hotel on Saturday. She says that she wasn't in the mood for relations. Mm. And he says, well, you know those videos that I have of us? How about I release those? Uh-oh. Maybe that would put you in the mood. Wow. Not cool. You just don't do that. Mm. Right? Mm. Well, she waited till he was about ready to get in the shower. And when he did, she grabbed his knife and she cut it off. Mm. His it off? Penis. Oh. Yes. Dude, I saw this in the New York Post. Um, If you look this story up, be warned. There is a photo with blood everywhere. You don't see it, but it's crazy, man. Now, she's been arrested, but not charged yet. (laughs) He won't be needing that anymore. (laughs) I don't know if he could, if if he wanted. And that's Nimrod's in the news.